worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory.
Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Things 
new has proven it's true. Just take a look at my life. Hello, my name is the child of the one true king. I've been saved, I've been changed, I have been set free. Amazing grace is the song I sing. Hello, my name is the child of the one true king. That we should be called his children. I am a child of the one true king. What love the Father has lavished upon us. That we should be called his children. Hello, my name is child of the one true king. I've been saved, I've been changed, I have been set free. seated and good morning to each and every one of you. Whether you are in the house or online, we are glad that you're with us and worshiping uh, this great God who is worthy of all our praise. I want to give a shout out to our guests. Glad that you are here this week. Uh, We invite you to come back anytime, every time. We'd love to have you. We'd like to get to know you so that we could maybe answer some of your questions. You could stop by Next Steps if you'd like. Uh, You can go there and we have a gift for you. You can actually text to 1C guest uh, to 94,000, and uh, that'll get us the information. Or if you're online, just put something in the comments section, like good morning, and that'll let us know you're here. Secondly, we have prayer time coming up, and if you would like to include a prayer that you have right now that you're just thinking about, you can actually text those prayers to us um, as you sit where you are, 402-242-5051. If you are online, you could put your prayer request in the comment section, or if you come, like before service, we have a box out there with some forms you could fill out, and we'll include those in worship. Uh, thirdly, we have communion, and we have that at every service. We believe that it, the Lord's Supper is a gift that God gives to his people. We believe here at 1C that it is bread and wine or juice, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if that's your belief, we encourage you to come and join us. Now, we do communion two different ways. If you're here and you'd like to stay where you're seated and take communion, we have individual communion sets, and those are available at the kitchen window in the family gathering area. And if you're sitting here saying, well, I didn't get it before, during the next song, you can make your way, people do, and you can get those elements and have that ready. Uh, We'll also have continuous communion, and we'll give you instructions about that in just a little bit. Also, when you come or go, make sure you get one of our brochures, flyers, bulletins. It kind of lets you know what's going on in the life of the church. 
So example, we have, well, uh, October 31st, we have our community outreach trunk or treat. And you could be involved in many different ways. You could dress up yourself or your car, and you could be there to meet and greet people in our community and give them candy and just show the love of Christ. So if you'd like to do that, let us know and we'll, so we can figure out the space we need. You also know that if you, if you like, you could bring candy. Drop that off here. And last year I told you that we especially like Reese's peanut butter cups. Jim Thielen especially likes Reese's peanut butter cups. But I'm trying to be a good boy, so don't go bringing me too many of them, all right? Last year I got a lot. It was really good. It was heavenly. But I'm trying to be a good boy. Uh, but then thirdly, pray for this event. This is a time where we kind of open up our doors, our parking lot, and we just want to welcome the community in. And as you pray, think about people that you could bring and let them be blessed by this event. Also, you will find in here and up on the screen, uh, we have what's called Marriage Date Night, and that's going to be Friday, November 5th. And as I tell couples when I do pre-marriage counseling, I say marriage is one of the greatest things since sliced bread. God has a really good idea, you know, bringing people together. But it's also one of the most difficult things to do. So to be able to come together on a night, to learn, to laugh, and to worship, kind of all of that together is really kind of a neat opportunity. So think about it, put it on your calendar, come bring some people with you as well. And... Um, there was one more thing. Oh, yeah. I told you last week, we're going to do a survey or a poll in church. So during the sermon, I'm going to take significant time, and we are going to either use your smartphone, and we'll talk you through how to do that, or if you needed a paper copy, those were available coming in and or going out. You can get those too. But we're going to just walk you through. We just want to get a snapshot of where we are as individuals and as a church when, uh, about lots of different topics. I don't even want to get into them now, but it'll just be a moment where we can anonymously just text, and you're going to see the live results up here as a polling numbers kind of come up. It's kind of neat. So be ready for that at the sermon time. Uh, we will encourage you to take your phones out at that point. I think that's it for announcements. So let's continue our worship and lift up this God who loves us so much. Oh 
above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say.
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. It is time. Make your way on up front here. Find a seat on the floor. Yeah, come on up. Plenty of room up here. And you know what? I didn't have a chance to eat breakfast this morning before we came to church, so I thought I'd go ahead and, and bring it with me, and I could start eating while we're talking, if that's all right. So I'll get my stuff out here. Let's see. Got my bib. Born to explore. Doesn't quite fit, but I tuck it in there. That way I don't get my shirt dirty. And let's see. I've got spinach, zucchini, and peas. That doesn't sound like breakfast. I think I'll save that for lunch. Uh, but I do have banana, blueberries, and green beans. So I'll try that one. That's a stage two. And then I also have a stage three because I'm a pretty big guy. And it is mango, carrot, yogurt, and oat. What do you think about that? Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? What? I love blueberries. All right, let's have some of that. Stir it up. Mmm. Oh. You like my spoon? Mmm. That's pretty good. Do you think you would like the, the mango, carrot, yogurt, and oat? No. No, you probably, you probably couldn't handle it because it's a stage three. Mmm. That is good. Yeah. It's making me a little thirsty, though. Oh, my bib fell off. Oh. Made me a little thirsty. Yeah, why are you guys laughing? Don't you eat breakfast? Well, I'm doing like a baby. What did you have for breakfast? What did you guys have for breakfast? Cereal. What kind of cereal? You had cereal too? Like in a bowl with milk? Well, you guys are grown up, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that. All right. I don't usually eat baby food for breakfast, just so you know. It's kind of silly, isn't it? Does that look kind of silly? We're supposed to grow up, aren't we? We're supposed to grow up physically and eat grown-up food and do grown-up things. Well, did you know we're supposed to grow up spiritually, too? We're supposed to grow up spiritually and do grown-up things, too. And you know what? Jesus tells us what it looks like to be fed spiritually, and to grow and be spiritually mature. So let's see what he says in John chapter 4, verses 31 through 34. He says, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. He said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Do you see that? Jesus' disciples were focused on earthly stuff, earthly food. And Jesus said, there's something far bigger, far better than that. And it's spiritual food. And Jesus tells us that the things that we're supposed to focus on, we're supposed to love God with our whole heart. We're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? And just as the Father sent Jesus to do his will, Jesus sends us out into the world too, to go and make disciples. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And you know what? As we love God, as we love our neighbors as ourselves, and as we show and tell people about Jesus, we get to grow spiritually. We are fed spiritually, and we can help other people 
meet Jesus and grow and be spiritually mature too. Isn't that neat? You know what? I think biscuits and gravy and eggs and bacon sound a lot better than baby food for breakfast. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Grown up food's better. What do you say we pray? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Heavenly Father, we are your children. Help us to grow, to be more like Jesus, and to do the things Jesus does. Help us to grow in you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up for the kids' message. You can head on back to your seats. Peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break. At your name, still, call the sea to still, the rage in me to still, at your name. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, breathe, call these bones to live, call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus. The darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, silence fear, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, your name is a light that the shadows can't deny.
Maybe you've grown up and you've heard this before. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Now, the word no, K-N-O-W, when you know Jesus, you will know peace. But if you don't know Jesus, peace is absent. That's why as we get ready for communion, we're going to take a moment, we're going to admit that our sin causes chaos and lack of peace. But when Jesus steps in, he changes everything. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we come to you today, this morning, right now, and we are looking to you for your mercy, your grace, your love and forgiveness. We admit that we do sin. We do fall short of your desire for your children. We go our own way. We do our own thing. We do not listen to you. We do not follow you. So we come to you and we are asking, we are pleading for forgiveness and new life. And we thank you that as you came to this earth 2,000 years ago, you came with a purpose to seek and to save the lost, the broken, the sinful. So thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you that because of it we have forgiveness and life with you forever. So grant us the faith to believe in this and also grant us the faith to receive all the blessings you want to give us in this precious meal that you provide. We pray this in your name. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. As we continue now with the distribution of the Lord's Supper, for those of you that have those individual communion sets, during the next song, as the Spirit leads you, receive those elements, believing that Jesus is present. And for those of you that will be coming forward for continuous communion, again, during the song, as the Spirit moves you, just come forward and receive this special gift. Now, if you are desiring gluten-free and or juice, just please let the servers know as you come forward. Come and be blessed, for these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Amen.
But I hold on to this hope The promise that He brings There will be a place with no more suffering There will be a day No more tears No more pain No more fears There will be a day When the burdens of this place Will be no more We'll see Jesus face to face But until that day body and blood of Jesus strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace.
Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you that you are always there, ready to hear us and catch us when we fall. Prayers for Sandy Shaven. Prayers for my son in Afghanistan. And prayers for my brother that he stays good. Father, a prayer of thanks and praise for the good scan results that you continue to be with and heal Nancy. Be with her and Jim this week as they move. Keep them and their families safe and shower them with your love and blessings. A prayer, Lord, that I will get used to Columbus, not being used to a little huge city. I've just moved here on Thursday on a last second choice and have an interview at CMI. Bless my interview. Prayers for Don to make safe and smart choices. Prayers that Lydia is safe and healthy in the next steps of life. Prayers for Nathan and Idri and their family. A prayer of thanks that Sherry is doing well after toe surgery and walking again with straight toes. Prayers of thanks that Barb is back home from Emerald Care and is doing well. Father, we just thank you for these spoken prayers and the unspoken ones that are on our hearts that you know what we need and you know what weighs heavy on our hearts, Lord, and we can just rely on you, that you are always there. We just thank you for that, Father God, in Jesus' name. And join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our day as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It was about eight years ago that I was at a conference and they... They did this live polling of the people that were at the conference. And it was just very interesting to see it unfold and to see the data go up on the screen. And so then I think a couple months later, I found out uh, what was that program. And I did it at the church back in Tucson, Arizona. And just found out some really great information. It was great for everyone to be able to lean in. Um, And that's what we're going to do today. And just so you know, it is totally confidential. We don't know... Who you are when you do what you do, it just gives us the data. So we want to get a snapshot of the spiritual attitudes and perspectives of people like you, as we want to do ministry better to the glory of God and also uh, relevant to the people of God, um, this is just an important time for us to do it. So if you would, take out your smartphone and or the hard copy that you have, and we're going to go through this. So again, if you don't have a smartphone, just feel free to follow along and um, join us with this uh, exercise. So let's um, get you going. So get to your texting app that you have on your phone. And in the two, if you would put in 22333, and then under the texting part where you're going to put in your, your information, type OpenFish504 with a capital O. 
right? Open Fish 504. So I'm going to look at you, and as you're doing that, when your heads pop up, that means you probably have gotten to that part. And then um, once you click that, you're going to get this next screen. So uh, do that as you're able. Kind of follow along. And then when you get to that time and place, you click that poll everywhere, and it's going to bring you to this screen and where it's going to say, Get Started. And if you've gotten that far, kind of take a look up here so I know if you are with me or if you're still kind of making your way through. Okay, I'm seeing heads popping up. This is good. So we're, we're getting there. And we might walk through this a second time. So let's go to the next. Then it says, then you click, I am a participant. Okay, next slide. Type, all right, up there, open fish 504. Can be a small case for that. And then click join. You may need to accept cookies, like I did that between services. I accepted cookies. Out over there, they were chocolate chip, but these are different kind of cookies. And if you want to enter your username, you can, but you can leave it blank. And then next. All right, so then you should be ready to go. All right. And so we're going to pull up now. Um, how many of you are ready? Just give me kind of a heads up. I want to know. Okay, a lot of you. Um, okay, raise your hand if you, ha if you have it. Because if not, I'm going to go through it real quickly again. Because it's important that we get the data. All right, let's go back to the beginning. If, sorry to do this to you, Carrie, but just want to get everyone on page with this. So we're going to walk you through the steps again. All right, so get your texting app out. Go to two, so under the two, go 22333, and then you text these words, OpenFish504, capital O. Next slide. Then that's going to come up, and then you'll see the polleverywhere.com. Click that. Next. Get started. Next, then type OpenFish504, and then click Join. It may ask you to accept cookies, okay? You'll want to do that. And then you don't have to put your username in. We don't see it ourselves, but that'll be it. And that should be it. So you should be in. I'm hoping you're in. So we're going to give you a practice question. And so let's get back to that, if we could.
Sometimes technology takes a little bit, so we'll just kind of look at each other awkwardly. See, I have the advantage of watching them in the tech booth moving around frantically, and I just try to stand here calmly. I don't think they're hitting each other or, or anything yet, so. All right, there we go. So, um, is this brand new? Okay, so what is your favorite ice cream? Okay, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, or other? What is your favorite ice cream? Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, other. Um, again, I'm going to give you a countdown, and then we'll be done. Three, two, one. Perfect, okay? So that's how easy it is. You're going to have choices. You just pick one of those and then submit. In what form do you prefer to read the Bible? Book form, on a computer or tablet, on your phone or other? Book form on computer or tablet, on phone or other. Okay, countdown. Three, two, one. Next question. What translation of the Bible do you prefer? King James, New International Version, English Standard Version, other, or there are different translations? All right, countdown three, two, one. All right, next question. How often do you read the Bible? Every day, a couple times a week, once a week, not much. Okay, countdown three, two, one. Next question. How often do you attend a Bible study or small group study? Weekly, twice a month, I have in the past, but not presently or never. Okay, countdown. Three, two, one. Next question. What kind of Bible studies or small group studies do you prefer? Topical, books of the Bible, video studies, or social issues or things like end of life, marriage, etc. Okay, countdown, three, two, one, next question. What would, what would be your preferred service times? Our current schedule, 9 and 11, 8.30 and 10.30, 8.45 and 10.45, 9 a.m. and 10.30 or other. And for those of you that have been around, when COVID happened, we decided to move the services apart. And we're just wondering, is this still important and something that we should do? So we just want to hear from you. All right, next question. 
would you like to see a service on an additional day or time? Example, Sunday evening, Saturday evening, weekday evening, I don't think we need additional services. Countdown, three, two, one. All right, next question. How well do you understand the mission of One See the Sanctuary? I feel a deep connection with it. I relate to it well enough. I don't feel connected with it, or I don't understand what the mission is. All right, countdown, three, two, one. Next question. Do you leave services feeling spiritually fed? Yes, the sermons fill me spiritually. Often, I know the pastor has my best intentions at heart. Sometimes I feel the sermons aren't as relevant to me as they could be. Rarely, I'm feeling disconnected with sermons for personal reasons, or I'm feeling disconnected because of the doctrine being taught. As that one, as you're wrestling with that, there is an organization called Barna out there that does studies for churches, and they have surveyed like unchurched people as well as church people, and they were asking questions from them that are really important for the church to be thinking about, like sermons or being fed. So, so that's why this one kind of popped in here. All right, next question. Do you feel the church is sensitive to the major needs of the congregants? That's like members of the church. Yes, I've seen the church help people with real needs. Yes, I've been the recipient of help from the church when I needed it. I've heard the pastor express a desire to help congregants. I'm unsure. Or no, I've experienced a major need or seen others with needs and felt that nobody noticed. Okay, countdown, three, two, one. Next one. Does the music at Once See the Sanctuary resonate with you? Yes, the music helps me feel a deeper connection to God. Yes, it helps me feel more self-reflection sometimes, or I do not feel a connection to the worship music. Okay, countdown. Three, two, one. Next question. Do you feel engaged at One See the Sanctuary? Yes, I feel very engaged in the church, its mission and initiatives. Yes, I feel engaged in the church. I enjoy being in the church, but don't take an active role. I feel I'm sometimes watching from the sidelines, or I don't feel engaged. Okay, countdown. Three, two, one. Next question. Do you feel welcomed at One See the Sanctuary? Yes, the pastor makes me feel welcomed. Yes, the other congregants make me feel welcomed. Yes, both the pastor and the other congregants make me feel welcomed, or I don't feel welcomed. Countdown. 
Countdown, three, two, one. Next question. We're planning to implement several small groups, programs, or events in the next six months and want to get a count of possible participants. Of the following, which would you most likely attend? A mom's group, a father's group, marriage and relationship class, a youth mission focused, uh, a trip focused on building faith for the future, scripture exploration group, other, or I would not attend. Countdown, three, two, one. Next question. If you started attending One See the Sanctuary in the last year, what's mainly responsible for bringing you through the doors for the first time? A friend or family member, post ads on, uh, or ads on social media, a special event or program, I saw the building and was curious, an online search, or I've been attending for more than a year. Countdown, three, two, one. What is our role in the Great Commission as Christians today? To make disciples, to baptize new believers, to teach about Jesus, all of the above. What is the Great Commission? And I can't do these things. Countdown. Three, two, one. Next question. Where do you currently share the gospel and enhance community? City of Columbus, state of Nebraska, the USA, to the whole world, all of the above or none of the above? Countdown, three, two, one. We have the opportunity to help individuals in the Columbus community but need more resources to make the biggest impact on their lives. Which way would you be most able to contribute? Serving meals at a mission? Donating clothing, donating food, making a cash donation, any of the above, or circumstances prevent me from contributing at this time? Countdown, three, two, one. Next question. All right, this one, I want to give you more time to really think about this one. Years ago, 2007, I came across a study that was done of a 1,000 churches, and they came up with four different categories in describing the spiritual walk of people. And these are the definitions, exploring Christ, growing in Christ, close to Christ, Christ-centered. So give it some thought as you answer this. I'm going to give you a little bit more time to go through this one. Okay, 
Countdown three, two, one, and we're done. Okay, thank you for giving us a snapshot. You'll be hearing more about this beginning October 31st. So in three weeks, the end of the month, we're going to start a brand new sermon series entitled All In. And we're going to talk about what that means, what that looks like. But really, we're going to talk about spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. And, you know, a couple premises about that. Spiritual maturity is not linear, and it's also not predictable. As you thought about those four categories, exploring Christ, close to Christ, growing, in, um, growing to Christ, close to Christ, Christ-centered, there are times... I am Christ-centered. It's like my heartbeat. It's what I love. It's what I do. It's, it's got my focus. And then there are times I'm over at the exploring Christ thing. Maybe I get busy, I get distracted, or I get discouraged. So it is kind of an interesting journey. But you heard me say last week, our spiritual maturity, I want us to think about as an attitude and not an aptitude. Let me say it one more time so you can let that sink in. When we talk about spiritual maturity, being Christ-centered, it really is about an attitude. It's not about an aptitude. If it's about aptitude, when we look at those very first Christ followers, they were kind of misfits. They were not the elite of society. They were people that didn't bring a lot to the table. And yet when Christ called them, he says, I want you. And I want you. And attitude, not aptitude. So we're going to be talking about that beginning October 31st, which is Reformation Weekend, which, uh, if you know the storyline, Martin Luther, God, God used him, turned his world upside down so that the world can be turned upside down for Christ. Well, I want to take you on just a really brief um, journey, got a couple of minutes here, not long, is to uh, talk about Ephesians chapter 4. Sometime between now and the 31st, if you would, open up your Bible, read Ephesians 4. The little backdrop to this is that St. Paul, the author of this, remember God inspired Paul to write, and he wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus. In his three missionary journeys, when he went around and he traveled a lot and he talked to a lot of people, But he spent three years in Ephesus, the most of any of the churches that he began. He invested himself into that group of people with such passion and such love, and they hold a place right here. Well, he heard a rumor that the church in Ephesus was struggling. They were struggling with unity. They were struggling with doctrine. I think they were also struggling with mission and ministry. So he writes a very passionate letter. And I'm going to just jump to Ephesians 4, verse 1, and I want you to hear what he says. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you received. So the first three chapters really talked about this calling, but he's pleading with them. And he sees himself as a prisoner of the Lord, but he says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. They were called into the family of God. They were called into ministry. They were called into mission. And then he explains to them in verse 7, I'm sorry, in verses 4 to 6, 
that there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And let me just say this. Paul understood the importance and the power of unity in the body of Christ. When we are working together, when we are all in together, and we have mission and ministry as the heartbeat of what we do, watch out world, watch out Satan. The kingdom of God is going to be furthered like nothing else. So he is calling on them, put aside your differences. And this unity, which Jesus prayed about in John 17, right? I and them and thou and me, that they may be perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me. Paul understood the importance of unity. All right, now, verse 7. But in each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So if you would picture the God of the universe looking at you and saying, I'm going to pour into you grace. It's something that you can't do by yourself. It's his gift, and he's going to pour it into you, and he's going to apportion his grace very liberally. He's going to give it freely, and he gives it lovingly because he cares about you and this world. And that grace is what we just heard about in the previous verses. This one baptism, one Lord, this one faith. I mean, that's, that's a gift of grace. And then verse 13. And all of this stuff is supposed to work in us until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become, what? Mature. Mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So in other words, remember that last poll question? No matter where we are today, attitude says this. If I'm at the exploring Christ stage, I know God wants me to be Christ-centered. That's attitude. And so we're going to talk about that. That's maturity. Well, as I was um, getting ready for my sermon and working on it, I came across um, an interesting explanation of infancy and maturity. And as I went through these, I'm like, yep, that's me. Oh, well, this is me sometimes. Oh, this is me. So um, this, this slide here says infancy, maturity, and then there's these things called growth steps. And so it's not about our aptitude, but it's about attitude and what God can do in us and through us. So I'm going to share with you these comparisons of infancy attitudes and mature attitudes. And I'm going to admit to you, there are times I am very infantile. Okay? Just talk to Kristen, my wife, and she will tell you that I can be very infantile. All right, the first one. I'm, this is the infancy part. I am consumed by possessions. And then when we're, when we're mature in Christ, this is our attitude. Next one. I am content with possessions. And you've heard me joke about, and it's not really a joke, it's really true sometimes, Polaris slingshot. That's what I want, and I keep hinting to Kristen. Like even when she sleeps, I whisper in her ear, Polaris slingshot, Jim, God speaking. It's not working. That's my infancy. At times, I'm very content. I'm good with what I have, but there are times I can be infantile. Next one. 
I am selfish in relationships. In other words, it's all about me. And then when I'm mature, I am sacrificing in relationships. I'm giving. I got that agape love that God has given me, and I'm going to give it to people. Okay? Next one. My body is my business. And then the next one. My body is his temple. Big difference. Next one. Prayer is an infrequent cry for help. And if you remember my story, when I had a 1976 Caprice Classic 454 engine, and I did a neutral drop, and the transmission after a couple weeks, did, I mean, I, I prayed, you know, fervently, but very infrequently. I didn't go to him. But a mature person, prayer is a constant act of trust. Next one. Work expresses my worth, and when you're mature, work expresses my worship. Uh, And I'll just give you an example. There were times in my ministry, I wanted to be the first person there in the morning, 6 a.m., and I wanted to be the last person out, 10 10 p.m., because I wanted everybody to know my worth. Look at all the hours I work. I'm such a dedicated pastor. What a fool, because I hurt my family. So very infantile. And does that sometimes come creeping towards me? Yeah, so pray about that. Because I could be very infantile. But work expresses my, my worship. It means whatever you do, whatever you do, we do it for the glory of God. Wherever you work, if you are over at Hy-Vee right over there and that's what you're working or you're over here at the broken mug, you do it for the glory of God and to serve other people. And yeah, that's what it's all about. Next one, problems are destroying me. When we are young in the faith and we're in our infancy, but when we're mature, problems are developing me. We see and we believe that God is going to use this to grow me in my faith. Next one, I seldom handle the Bible. Uh, you, You know, I remember my confirmation Bible. Got it eighth grade year. I kept it in the box really nice. It was really pristine. I never opened it. But when I got to know Jesus, I started opening it. And now I pray that I accurately handle the Bible often because it is my instruction book. Next one, time is spent wastefully. And then when mature, time is spent wisely. So you can see the the differences between the two. You can see that it's not just linear I mean, sometimes we go back to our infancy, we get tempted and we fall, but really it's about attitude. And one thing we're going to talk about with this all in is that we want to encourage all of us together and encourage each other together to get serious about our relationship with Jesus. To see it not just as a religion that we follow, but a relationship that we're in. That made a difference for me dramatically when I was 16, 17 years old. So we want to go there. There's one more verse I want to share with you. And a um, little backdrop to this. I was just finishing up my seminary career, so I had done my eight years of schooling. Kristen comes to me, my wife, and says, you know what, I'm getting into this, I don't even know what you call a cross-stitch or something. And she says, what Bible verse is especially meaningful to you as you're getting ready to do ministry? I knew immediately Galatians 2.20. And it goes like this. 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. And that's what we're going to talk about. The presence of Jesus in our hearts, our minds, and our lives in a way that's going to give God glory and further his kingdom like none other. So I'm going to challenge you, if you could start thinking ahead. Uh, we're going to have four weeks of this series called All In. And I know we live in a world where we have lots of choices and lots of things that kind of come up, and they do. Could I do the big ask? Would you please consider coming each of those weeks? And if you can't, go online, even on demand. So if you're busy on a Sunday and you can't, go online and, and watch, watch the sermon and watch the service. We're going to walk through a little bit of the story of Nehemiah, powerful story when it comes to being an instrument of God in the world we live in. So if you would please, please consider coming each of those weeks starting October 31st. You know what, you can come every week too. I mean, that'd be cool, but those four weeks in particular, I don't want to miss you to miss any part of that story. Okay? That's it. So let's stand. I want to share with you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Serve the Lord.